The Laughter Permitted Podcast is brought to you by Ally. Do it right. Hello, Dope Village. Welcome to Laughter Permitted. I'm Julie Foudy. I'm Lynn Ozawi. Before we dive in today's episode, we have to give a big time shout out to a member of our Dope Village. For those of you who listened to last week's episode with North Carolina lacrosse coach Jenny Levy, highly recommend you listening to it. You'll know there was a moment when Julie got so loud, Zoom <laughs> muted her. <laughs> How dare you, Zoom? We also had mute, to l- mute me. We also had to lose our signature noisemaker because Zoom would not pick up the sound. We were basically all around too damn loud. And that is a problem. Until someone in our dope village came through. That's right. Dr. Annika Sokolovsky tweeted us and basically said, hey, yo, if you want to keep the squeakers in the Lynn game, set your Zoom. And for those of you who want to be loud on Zoom and you too are tired of it kicking you out, she said, set your Zoom to a original sound. And she wrote, sincerely, your friendly dope village music professor. <laughs> well, we did just that. We changed the setting. And voila! Zoom ain't muting me anymore, party people! Maybe, then, just maybe, I will get back to my winning ways with your damn game. That seems like a stretch. Uh, off the top <laughs> of this episode, you'll hear me walk our guests through the audio setting. We were really proud when we, when we got that squared away. And ultimately, this proves once and for all how dope our dope village is. Dopest village in all of dope land, as we've always said. Okay, thank you again, Dr. Sokolovsky. And our episode today features a trailblazer who has straight up gone after her dreams, as in literally chased them down. Our guest is U.S. Women's National Team young star and Stanford graduate, Kat Macario. We will discuss this in the episode, but Kat grew up in Brazil and moved to the United States at the age of 12 to pursue her soccer dreams. She went on to play at Stanford, where she won two national championships and was a two-time national player of the year. And then she went on to play at Lyon in France, where she also became a star. Maybe you're sensing a theme here. She's currently recovering from an ACL injury, which actually happened in her last game of the season at Lyon after literally lighting it up in her first full season there. And she's hoping to be back healthy and rep in the U.S. at next summer's World Cup. I wanted to have Kat on the pod for a while because her story, as you will hear, is just incredible. And lucky you and lucky us. Today is the day. So get comfortable listening. It's Kat Macario. Kick back, relax, and unwind. Let's have a good time finding the joy in life. We're smiling so bright, talking and laughing combined. Feeling all right, get comfortable listening. It's laughter permitted. Hey there, Dope Village. Lynn and I have been involved in women's sports our entire lives. And truly, we've never been more excited for what's to come in this women's sports space. And one big reason, Ally. Ally has made a commitment 
to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And that means more money going to women's sports and more visibility for what these incredible athletes are accomplishing. Ally is on a mission to change the game for women's sports. So here at Laughter Permitted, we're going to keep telling the stories of trailblazing women. And every time you listen in, you are part of that change. To learn more about Ally, go to ally.com. Hey there, Dope Village. As y'all know, Ally has backed Laughter Permitted since day one of our podcast as our financial ally. And honestly, Lynn, I might just tattoo Ally on my forehead. And Ally is currently on a mission to change the game for women sports. And get this, along with being sponsors of the National Women's Soccer League, Atlantic Coast Conference, United States Golf Association, and the Las Vegas Aces, Ally has committed to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And you, my friends, can be part of the change by watching your favorite athletes crush it on TV, by going to women's sporting events in person, by, I don't know, maybe listening to every single episode of this amazing podcast on trailblazing women. Because every time you show up for women's sports, you are helping move the game forward. You can learn more about Ally by visiting ally.com. Hey, Kat, I'm Lynn. It's really nice to meet you via the Zoom. I'm going to dive in right away with some technical stuff. You let me know what you, what you need from me. First thing is that you will be playing a game against Julie, a trivia game. <laughs> and we've had this long-standing tradition of we use a squeaky toy or a noisemaker. Okay. You squeak in for your answer. So, Julie, can you give a, can you show Kat? So we ran into an issue where Zoom wasn't picking up that high-pitched noise, mm, but okay. a listener of ours gave us the workaround. So if you go to where it says stop video and there's the carrot there, mm -hmm. and you click on that, and you go to video settings, and then you go to audio, do you see something that says show in-meeting option to enable original sound? Um, it says original sound for musicians, if that's if that's the same thing. Check that. Okay. And then when you go back to your screen, does it show up maybe in the upper left-hand corner, original sound? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you want to turn that on. Oh, cool. <laughs> we figured this out. We got this. What does that do exactly? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it allows for the high-pitched noises. So in our last interview, Julie got so loud during the game, Zoom <laughs> muted her. Well done, Kat. I'm proud of you as a Stanford grad. I'm so glad my degree could help me achieve this. <laughs> my knowledge. That was a lot. It was a it's lot. Very important, though, to get those <laughs> sounds back and for them to really, it's all about them taking my screaming. Screamers need to be embraced. This is true. This is true. You know, <laughs> um, I feel like we see a lot of the sides of you that are very calm, specifically, oh, you know, when really? we're watching games. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, you've seen Julie calm that you're 
You're like in the one percentile of human beings. (laughs) Well, this is the thing. This is the thing because it's like obviously against that, you know, last national team game when we lost against Spain. It's like I feel like you're probably the only person that actually remained calm. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So true. People were freaking out i know i know i was like oh guys chill chill it's okay okay cat we're gonna roll first thing we always do on this podcast is we set the scene well you we we don't you do (laughs) so where are you what are you doing all those things okay um well right now i'm in my room um in qatar i'm in doha qatar yeah where i'm doing some uh extra rehab and whatnot and it is 7 11 p.m oh our morning your evening the fact that we got this time zone yeah correct correct is remarkable honestly okay why why qatar and and how is your well yeah no knees good still uh attached doing well um (laughs) nice and strong um i started actually doing ultra g uh last week so that was really cool and like starting to do some more uh some more movements and feeling a little bit more like myself again and like i'm somewhat of an athlete so that's cool but um yeah i chose qatar just because it has um the best uh rehab center in the world um and it's called uh, this this hospital called Aspitar, and they're just absolutely incredible um, with a lot of, you know, professional uh, facilities, staff, everything. And I just knew that I'd be getting the best of care here. And that's so I wanted the, the best of the best. I'm just thinking with that word professional as Swaggy barks in the background of our <laughs> I know, trying to like, keep it together. <laughs> Swaggy. She heard this. She heard this. I know. I was like, let me see her. <laughs> she heard this squeaky toy and all shit breaks loose. It's done. I literally just texted Ian and I was like, get her out of here, please. <laughs> and Kat, for those who don't know, what is your injury? What are you recovering from? Yeah, I tore my ACL um, in the last game of my season mm-hmm. last year. And um, yeah, so I'm just four months post-op and uh yeah nice and strong so so you're are you able to like be weight bearing and running on it and you're obviously i don't think any cutting right but you're are you able to run yeah so yeah so like i was saying i just started doing ultra g which is like this really cool treadmill where you kind of feel like you're floating and um you run like you know i guess in accordance to a different um body weight and different percentage of your body weight um each time and yeah that's kind of like a little gradual increase so that your your body is ready for when you actually you know like go about and go go running oh how cool is that it's cool it's really fun actually the first time that i went i was like oh my gosh if only you know like actual running was as easy as running on the okay. but uh yeah. <laughs> i want to try it because I yeah, you should. Running is not easy anymore for me. Maybe I could actually <laughs> run again. I'd be like, oh my god, I feel like I'm cat's age, twenty. Oh my gosh, twenty three. But yeah, no, so old, <laughs> so old. 
Um, I'm sure you could do it, Julie. I'm sure uh, if you ever want to, you know, like join Stanford again or something. Right. You well, still look the part. Don't worry. I know every U.S. fan out there is like, where is Kat with her knee and when are we going to get her back? <laughs> so any idea of when? I know you probably don't want to give a timeline, but like what's your goal in terms of getting back playing? Yeah, I mean, I would like to be back, you know, like I don't want to rush anything. And I, I mean, my goal of course is the big thing is to be back for the world cup. And, um, obviously if I can start, you know, like playing some games and being a hundred percent for the champions league, um, at the end of March, um, I mean, I would like to, you know, kind of like start ramping it up in mm-hmm. February and March and right. yeah, just go from there. All right. Hope for the best. (laughs) Yay. Yeah. Gradual is key. You got time. You got time. You got nine months. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, no rush. I mean, no rush. You're fine. Yeah. Um, You are, of course, on the U.S. women's national team, but your journey to the U.S. national team is is unlike anything I've ever (laughs) seen. I mean, most people obviously born in the United States. You were born and raised in Brazil uh, and then moved to the United States age of 12 to pursue playing in this country. Let's go back to that, Kat, and why you chose (laughs) to move to the United States. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like this is such a long answer, honestly, that it's so many different factors. (laughs) I've got popcorn. I'm good. Okay, okay. Um, Yeah, so essentially, you know, I, I'd say that I own a lot just to my to my father and you know like I don't know if you've ever met him Julie actually but like I haven't yet. he's just a oh that's too bad one day you have to every time that we're you know like listening to you commenting and everything he's like oh she's so nice but um <laughs> oh, anyway <laughs> um yeah so like I just own a lot to him you know just to the point that he has always believed in me from from the very beginning And it's funny, really, because it's like when, you know, your parent kind of compliments you in the way that they think that you're the greatest child in the world. I'm like, ah, shut up, dad. Like you always (laughs) say, like, of course, you're going to say this. Um, But yeah, I just one time um, it just kind of came to a point in Brazil, like when I came to the age of 12, that I was unfortunately, you know, not going to be able to play with boys anymore. At least at the time there was a some sort of rule that would have prevented me from, from um, keeping, you know, just playing the sport that I love. And so are there, I, I've read that. So does that mean there are no girls teams in Brazil or just where you grew up? Um, I think there are definitely some girls teams. Yeah. There wasn't like a really like a, a base, you know, like a youth system, like there is in the U S where you can go to clubs and things like that. And like, you kind of go to college and then you progressively go towards pro. Um, at least from that time that I knew there was only like you, you only really knew of Santos um, and, you know, like where Marta played and like so many other players played um, while in Brazil. But unfortunately, there wasn't really there wasn't really like a middle ground, you know, so it's like either I hope that I'm good enough and obviously like go try, and you know, play with the legs of Marta already at the age of 12 or you know, you kind of just stop playing. Um, and that's why I, I owe a lot to my dad because he, he knew, you know, like from the very beginning, that's like, Hey, I know that you have this potential and 
I know that you can be one of the best players in the world, but you just need the necessary the necessary support, you know, to like be able to take you there. And he knew that um, by doing a lot, a lot of research, he knew that the U.S., you know, like were the the powerhouse of women's football. And so he he, you know, just decided to have our whole family move to the U.S. in order to help me pursue this dream and just have a better life and everything. So that's basically how we got to this point. Whole family minus mom who stayed and worked yeah, in Brazil. Exactly. <laughs> a small, exactly. important detail. <laughs> Moms don't get enough credit. That's all I can say. I yeah. know. <laughs> Mom's like, hey, what about me? I stayed and worked. <laughs> she's still there. Fun fact, to this day, she's still there. And right? um, She's a doctor yeah. and her medical license wouldn't have transferred, right? Over to the United yeah, States. Yeah, correct. Yeah. She also doesn't speak English yet. I, I you know, I'm always getting on her about it, you know, saying like, Hey, our future will be in the U S. So, and I want to like, my, my biggest dream is to buy her a house in San Diego, actually where I'm from. So, um, I was like, well, you need to, need to be able to learn to like speak English, you know, if you're going to go to a new country and everything. So, so yeah. Take us to when you were 12, what Mm -hmm. were the circumstances of you physically moving from Brazil to the United States to pursue this dream? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it was, um, it was scary, you know, it was scary, you know, just to do that as a 12 year old, I was leaving everything that I knew behind. I didn't know how to speak English. Like if, I mean, it was literally just my brother who was 14 at the time that knew how to speak English. And he was trying to, you know, like coordinate all these things. Like how do we buy a car, you know, like insurance which to this day is still so confusing but um <laughs> yeah, for all of us just, as well <laughs> you're not alone <laughs> that makes me feel better that makes yeah. me feel better that is the one thing the safer degree did not help you know <laughs> right. but, Doesn't help. <laughs> um but yeah so it was just like my 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 brother you know just doing a lot for us and kind of having to take on our, a lot of responsibility and obviously I knew that we were making this big move in order to, you know, invest in my my college, in my soccer career. And, you know, I was kind of not tearing my family apart, but, you know, like being the reason, one of the reasons why they were separated. And I just, there were, I just felt a lot of pressure and like sadness too, because my mom was not there and, you know, like, Again, moms moms don't get enough credit because we really like, they really do everything. And to me, I'm like very close to my mom, so I, it was a a tough period to be without her. But um, yeah, it was just kind of scary initially. But thankfully, uh, football is is the most you know universal language of the world, and I feel like if you can just uh, kick the ball and put the put the put the ball in the back of the net then that solves some like most of the issues you know so uh it was kind of it was kind of like that and did you ever say to your dad like what you're crazy dad you want to pick the family <laughs> the up time. and move like well, this is the football the mecca time. of the world i know i know <laughs> i mean absolutely the, i mean maybe if i i would think if you're a male soccer fan well no, scratch that that's unfair but i mean brazil is known as the mecca of football for men, mm-hmm. for sure. So to the be yeah. like, I'm going to go and play in the United States, there would have been a lot of people like, what, are you crazy? Oh, for sure. I feel like it's still to this day, honestly, there is a lot of um, 
it's it's still hard to explain, you know, like why I chose the U.S. over Brazil. But I mean, at the end of the day, I have to, you know, I have to choose the country that, you know, chose to adopt me and chose like actually valued me for for what I wanted to do and for the sport that I loved. And um, I knew that I would be taken like, you know, seriously as a professional. And to me, that's that's what everybody wants, you know, and so um it was definitely um, a bit of a tricky situation, you know, in order to to explain to people, but also, you know, like ourselves and like, Ooh, are we really like making the right decision here? Like to, to, to really like, I was sure dad, you know, that you, you really see everything that you see in me. Like mm-hmm. maybe we should get a second opinion, but um, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Check with another doctor. That's I know. Not yeah. Mom. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, thankfully everything like has worked um, so far, and um, yeah, but I definitely say that in the beginning it was it was a it was a big big transition that um, definitely took some time, and that it wasn't if it wasn't for you know just people just being so welcoming and so you know being willing to to help and show us the way that we definitely would not have been able to to make it work. Do you remember your first practice or the first time you played soccer when you came? Yeah, I actually do. So my first day that I arrived in the US, it was it was pretty funny. We we had gone literally from the airport to Surf Cup Thanksgiving. Um and you know, San Diego Surf was the team that I was trying out for. And um until that point, it was just my dad sending an email to the team manager. <laughs> Which is crazy. That that yeah, they're probably crazy. like, who the hell is this crazy guy? <laughs> He's already moving, and she just sent an email. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but um, so yeah, so he just sent an email. Like we have no idea who he had who he had been talking to. All I knew is that her name was Brenda, and you know, like essentially, you know, Surf Cup. I don't know if you guys have ever been, but there are massive fields yeah. everywhere. Like probably like twenty plus. Yeah. And we have no idea where my team is supposed to be or like where Brenda is supposed oh. to be. And so, oh. of course, my dad being like, hey, like Steve, who's like my brother, like 14 years old at the time, very shy, does not like, you know, like when you're learning a new language, you want to like not speak it at all, you know, unless you really, really have to. And so my classic dad, you know, just being like, oh, trying to be outgoing, whatever. He's like, hey, Steve, like can you just ask anybody like where, who Brenda is? And and he's like, what do you mean? Who is anybody? How are they going to know who Brenda is? Do you have a last name? And he's like, I have no idea. My, this is going great, my... dad. Thank you, dad. <laughs> <laughs> great, great planning, dad. I know, I know. <laughs> You're literally to off this the day. plane. And there's like, literally, let me just put this surf cup in context. It's like, 5,000 kids in chaos in 700 yeah. fields. Like for an American who's grown up in the system and a mom, I'm like, what the hell? Where are we? So I can't even imagine for you guys. That's your first it's experience. So okay, confusing. carry on. This is really good. Fresh off the taxi with, yeah. you know, with our luggage, pulling in at Surf Cup. Brenda, anyone see Brenda? Hey, Brenda. I know. <laughs> Is anybody out there? Do we, do we have a last name? No, just Brenda. <laughs> oh, God. 
<laughs> yeah, it was um, it was very okay. Um, keep going. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I just had to put that in context. The chaos of that day. Okay, keep going. keep going. So my dad is constantly bothering my brother. Like, hey, ask ask them, ask this person, ask this person. My brother's like, no, like, you, I need more information. Pull up the email. You know, is anybody like any normal person would? You know, like at least like you have to be a little bit more organized and prepared. <laughs> You know, my dad starts cussing my brother out in Portuguese, being like, ah, like why, why, why are you being so shy? Why are you like this? I'd raise you better than this, whatever. <laughs> and thankfully, there is a woman that ends up passing by. And she happens to be on Brenda's team and is Brazilian. Oh, and so she's stop like, it. That was yes. like a gift, a divine I intervention. Know, literally. The universe. Literally. Yes. Yeah. yeah. God's blessing for sure. And so her name's Ilyangi. Ilyangi Fihara, who whose daughter I is my best friend. And I actually ended up playing with her at Stanford. Just oh, like a little bit of context, sad. how he has gone literally like wow. full circle. Um, and essentially she hears my brother my dad cussing out my brother in Portuguese, <laughs> being super mean. And he's like, She's like, "Você são brasileiros?" Which is like, "Are you guys Brazilian?" And we're like, "Oh my gosh, thank goodness!" You know, like we're so relieved, and we're we're finally like, "Oh, dad, just go and talk to her." Like we're kind of done here. Like we're exhausted again, literally with our luggage, super tired. Wow. And he's like, "Oh, like we're gonna meet Brenda and everything," and she's like, "Helps us take us to the field." And she which was knows like, Brenda. That's the crazy I know. thing. <laughs> On the same team. I know. Oh my God. Like, what are the odds? That is just, it was just absolutely crazy. You could and honestly still be roaming those fields had it not been for her. I to know. This day. I know. Like, this was like how bad it was between my dad and my brother, like, going at it. You know, that's like, he really, he really did not want to speak. Every, I mean, of course. I don't know about you, but like, you know, every child at least went out, you know, like even calling up a doctor and be like, hey, can I can yeah. I schedule an appointment, you know, and like everything like that. It's so, so scary. But yeah. um, so, yeah, so we met Eliani and Brenda and all that. And then like literally that same day, she invited us over to her house. Like we brought our luggage with us, like, you know, <laughs> just like they basically was like oh. that, you know, and like, um it essentially was like due to people like her, like being so welcoming and being so kind that like uh, we were able to like make things work. But um, like I was saying, again, in the topic of the first practice, sorry, we got a little bit um, <laughs> distracted. No, that's, um, that's, it's, that's incredible. <laughs> a word you said is odds. Like what are the odds? And it seems that that is your story. Yeah. What, I are, know, the, what are the odds over and over? Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you guys are able to like, experience this with me you know just or like you know listen to this I feel like I've actually never really shared except to like my close friends and like whatnot like how it really happened uh so out here at laughter permitted um (laughs) (laughs) that's the crazy thing about your story Kat is like you make this big ass bull move all of you and dad is like all right we I googled it it's the United States. We're going. This is this is you know. I know. Me, I me know. Ha- the story of Mia Ham is the first that popped up on your screen. Right? Jules, you I have know. to you have to tell Cad GTS. Uh, yeah, my answer to all my kids. It's really good parenting when they ask me a question. I say GTS. Google that shit. And <laughs> clearly, your dad took that to heart. 
<laughs> I, I've actually never heard that before. So I like that. Yes. BTS, he Googled, yeah. He Googled that shit. So he <laughs> and he discovered Mia and and mm -hmm. you guys grew up watching videos of her, right? Was yeah, pretty, not just her, of you, like all, all you know, like there was all no you videos guys. of me, Kat. Thank you though. That no, was really no, nice. no, 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 no. You were in the videos. You were <laughs> you in the videos. That's all <laughs> I, I was can hugging say. Mia, going, thank you. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, but yeah, no, literally, like basically, it was it, like through the research that he did. It was literally just you know, like knowing that the national team, the U.S. women's national team, was a powerhouse and. He would just go a lot on YouTube and see like best like women's team in the world or whatever. And like, you know, GTSing a lot um, <laughs> and just seeing, you know, yeah. like which one, which one uh, would provide the best support. And so, yeah, basically, basically we, we just really, we just took a really, really big chance. And again, literally happened through an email, which is crazy. Yeah. And I, I remember the coach from the San Diego Surf saying, you know, I didn't know who she was. And then she shows up and she took her first shot. He was telling <laughs> this in an interview. She took her first shot. At, I forget the coach's name. Pardon me. What's Chris his name? LeMay, probably. Chris, Chris LeMay. Yes. It was Chris, Chris LeMay. LeMay. And he goes, she took her first shot. I was like, I don't know if this kid can play. Her dad's been emailing me. And I guess they're here from Brazil. And he goes, she almost broke it through the net like the ball almost exploded <laughs> through the net and i was like he goes she took it off out of the air off her thigh and then volleyed it up her v and he was like uh yeah we'll take her uh-huh <laughs> yes yes please i know no um honestly it, it actually like the first the first training it was um it was very weird just because they they didn't really know who I was they didn't know what i looked like they have never seen any videos you know it was just more like a I just showed up with Bianca, who is Ileani's daughter. Um, and, you know, essentially she was trying to show me the drills. And I, I like, I mean, I couldn't understand anything. So we were kind of speaking like a little bit of like a mix of like Spanish and Portuguese. And, you know, like every time, like if Bianca was not in my line, I'm like freaking out. And, uh, and I was like, like for, for whoever was in front, like, you know, just like, ah, oh, you guys go first, you know? Yeah, show me how to do um, it. And then, exactly. And then kind of just like got through that. And then like, obviously when we got to playing, I was like, all right, this part I know how to do. And uh, yeah, it, it basically was just like, okay, you've done this all, all your life before. And yeah, so I was like, I'm just gonna smash the ball into the net and <laughs> did that. hope they like me, you know, like uh, <laughs> try to try to pass this tryout pretty much. and. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the rest is history, really. I think uh, Chris, literally, like, the same day, he was like, okay, yeah, you're yes. coming with my team. Because I was supposed to be on another team, actually. Like, oh, my actual, really? uh, yeah, I was supposed to be on another team. And he ended up seeing me, like, because he was passing by or something. He, I, So I ended up playing an older, I guess, an age up, you know, because uh -huh. Chris was the one that pulled me. And um, yeah. he said, no, no, like you need to be, you know, you need to play on my team. Like, I'm going to challenge you more, yada, yada, yada. Just, yeah. you know, trying to yeah, whine he, and dine me. He's like, stuff. I got you. I'm not letting you go yeah. to that younger team. Uh -uh. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh -oh. um, yeah, well, then, it was uh, good memories. And then, and then obviously you go on to play at Stanford. You went to national titles. Can I, can I um, interject there? Because I'm really wondering how you got to Stanford. Oh, Yeah. What can I say? SATs, AP classes, <laughs> all of the above. Um, Did you take AP I mean, classes in high school? 
I did. Yeah, yeah, wow. definitely. Um, Coming to the country at 12, not speaking English, and they're taking AP classes in high school. Well, so this is the thing, actually, because I obviously I had heard of Stanford. I mean, obviously. don't live under a rock. <laughs> I mean, mainly, to be honest, I had mainly seen like the one thing that I had ever seen of Stanford when I was younger was like High School Musical, um, which is like a scene of High School Musical 3, I think. Um, which is so embarrassing, but of course, like the name Stanford, like, it's like, all right, I recognize that. And so one time, you know, obviously like you do a lot of showcases and whatnot, like through club and like, they asked me to come out and, um, do a little, you know, just do a little visit, see what's up. And of course, Stanford is beautiful to this day. It's like one of my favorite places to go back to yeah. just because, uh, it reminds me of so many great memories. But yeah, so I visit Stanford at the, I think, right after my freshman year. And, you know, at this point, I'm like, eh, you know, like, I know essentially that everyone, you know, like goes to college and like whatnot. But like me, I'm like, ah, I'm a football player, you know, like, I'm just gonna go pro or whatever, like after high school, like not really, not that I didn't care about it. But I just didn't, I just knew that, you know, like, I wasn't this necessary like big nerd to go to Stanford. After I visited, um, I think, yeah, the summer after my freshman year, I just completely fell in love with it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to go here. Like, there's no way, there's no other way. Like see it get goosebumps every yeah. time, every time I see a video, I'm like, oh. Like, I don't care whatever it takes. I need to go here. Aww. And I remember, I remember um, sitting down with Paul, Paul Ratcliffe, and he's like taking a look at my transcript. The, co that and, the coach at Stanford? Yes, yes. The head coach at Stanford. And um, I'm just like, listen, I'm so sorry. I got a C in biology the year before. <laughs> I just like really didn't like. It was freshman year. I was like, ah, whatever. I'm sure right. like this is a really No one count, pays attention you know? to freshman year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, and like that was the first time that I was really like, like I always cared about my grades, of course. But then like when I knew that I, I as soon as I stepped foot into Stanford today, I, I knew what I wanted. I knew that I had to take it, take my game to a next level. And before that, really, I had never been like, super confident you know especially because like English was my second language you know so I was like oh there's no way that I could ever go to Stanford but then I just was like I don't care I'm just gonna you know I'm just gonna shoot my shot I ended up tearing my ACL um, between sophomore year and junior year of high school first of all it was just like very sad you know I was like damn this sucks like I just want to keep playing you know and like whatnot but I I really took it in as like okay well now I'm going to have some more time to focus on my studies and really, you know, just kind of like push more and more and more for Stanford. And I knew that that was a great moment for me to try and like take my AP classes and just like push more in my academics. And looking back now, I don't think that if I had not gotten injured at that time that I, I'm not sure if I would have gone to Stanford mm -hmm. just because I only, I only saw myself previously as like more of a football player. Rather than like a student as well, yeah. The gifts you gain from adversity, right? Exactly, yeah. There are always positive things in the mm -hmm. unexpected situations, really. And even now, I'm like, honestly, like when I got injured, I was like, well, 
that's kind of a bummer, you know, it's gonna miss gonna miss a, a lot of time playing uh, a lot of time away from the fields, especially because I was I was really enjoying, you know, just like having fun and just uh, the fact that, you know, this is like my career right now is just like insane, you know, and the fact that yeah. I get to do what I love is my career is unbelievable and something that I'm wanting to do for however however long and also not just that but the growth of the women's game is just you know yeah. it just makes me want to be there like more than yeah. anything but I also knew that's like you just never know what's going to come out of it you know and they're always they're always positive things that that you can take away from this and so I mean I mean I'm just thankful that I'm 23 and I have so so much yeah. like ahead of me but yeah I mean it's it's a it's a it was a good thing and so um I just view like these moments as like a a little bit of a break in order to get better as a person you know and then kind of like set as a little reminder that I'm more than just a football player you are an old soul sister that <laughs> must that that takes a lot to get to at 23 with Thanks, all sister. you've done to all of a sudden this adversity hits a year before the World Cup when that's been your path and your target for so long. And you're like, uh, I'll be all right. I'm 23. I got time. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank my you. goodness. So. No, I mean, like, I feel like there's no point in, like, freaking out or anything. I have yeah. time, you know, it's just more. If it happens, it happens, you know, like if it doesn't, yeah. then c'est la vie, you know, life keeps going. And um, yeah, I feel like, like I said, it's just, it's a, it's a good moment, you know, just to kind of reset and um, yeah, just kind of think of yourself outside of just uh, an athlete, you know, if that makes sense. And kind of think of like, oh, what does cat like to do and like whatnot, you know, so it's do cool. You, do you think that's why you've been so successful with every big bull move? Because let's go through all of them. One, of, of course, moving when you're 12 years old and the family gets, you know, picks up and moves to US to try and get on this path. Then you make it to Stanford. Then you choose to go to Lyon over NWSL, which was another big bull move, right? Not play your senior year at Stanford because of COVID. Thank you, COVID. Um, you go but still and, graduated. Yeah, in still three gradu years. Correct. Graduated. Make the big bull move to go play for the best, arguably the best team in the world. One and, and definitely in Europe. One more, you know, Champions Leagues than any other team in <laughs> Lyon. Um, you know, all these steps that have worked out really well for you. Not just like, oh yeah, I'm going to try that. It's like everyone you've just dominated at. What do you attribute that to? That's a great question. I feel like I've just been incredibly blessed, really. And I, I owe that a lot to God. And um, also my family, of course, you know, just being there with me um, to support me no matter what. And, you know, whether it's positives or lows. Also, you know, just having those people that are have known me and have helped me throughout, you know, like however long. And I just think that I would not be able to be here without them. But I feel like, I don't know. I feel like in a way I've also just gone like a little bit lucky just because I, I'm like, okay, I know that I work hard, but so many other people work hard too. You know, that's like, mm -hmm. like, I, I don't know. I, I truly don't know. Yeah. I mean, I just try to take it all in and I know that I'm, 
try to be like very as grateful as possible, you know, just because I know that it can go away like that, you know, sometimes, sometimes things don't work out, you know, and it's just like, of course, like you just, you just hear about the positives and like things like that. And I have been very fortunate. That's been, there have been more positives and negatives, I'd say, you know, like it definitely depends, but it's definitely a, a lot, a lot of ups and downs. In listening to you and how you share your story, what I picked up on was this sense of gratitude from the mm-hmm. moment you got here, from hearing how you talk about Stanford. I would imagine that you have a certain perspective about the national team. You can just tell that you really appreciate what you have. I mean, I, I thank you. Yeah, no, I, I, try, I try my best to, you know, just because I... I guess I've come from a background, you know, that we, like my family, we really, you know, grew up like not having a lot. And, you know, thankfully, I mean, my family, my mother is a doctor and she was able to, you know, like help support the move um, for us to the U.S., which is not, you know, unfortunately, it's not the case for everybody. And, you know, like for every girl that wants to play football and wants to, you know, like, go for something different and, you know, other than just Brazil, if that makes sense. And other than just this predetermined life that perhaps I would have had if, if it were not for my mother and her job. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I grew up watching, you know, the, the national team and I can definitely say that it's something that, you know, can never be taken for granted. And you know, I, I waited so long for, for the opportunity to finally be able to, to represent the U.S. and to, to wear the jersey that, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I'm sure that I, every single other of my teammates could say the same thing. That's like how incredible it is, you know, like to, to put the jersey on for the first time and, you know, to be able to, to represent the U.S. and really like, you know, like step onto the field and hear all the chants of, the best fans in the world. Um, but yeah, I know it's, it's, yeah, it, it's your, incredible your, special. Your, your perspective is so much different. I mean, I'm so grateful too, that you actually chose the United States over Brazil. <laughs> Sorry, Brazil suckers. Uh-uh. <laughs> eh, maybe if you actually started supporting the women, you might've had Kat Macario. No. Um, so I'm excited you chose us. Let's fast forward to the current team because um, as you're, you know, rehabbing and trying to get your knee back, you clearly, I'm sure, saw the games as we talked about at the top with England. What a game that was, by the way, at a sold out Wembley, and then mm-hmm. uh, against Spain, a depleted Spain because of their issues with their federation. Um, maybe you should talk all U.S. fans off the ledge of panicking. Do you want? Do you want to? <laughs> do you want to talk them off a the ledge because they they're in full panic mode right now? I feel like. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, I understand it. I understand it. Um, you know, like people can only see like what, what's going on, you know, on the outside, but I mean, as a player, I'd say that, you know, and knowing this group and just the the history of the U S if anything, if there's one thing that, that this team is, is very resilient. And Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, things, that I feel like that that specific camp was just very there were so many factors that were going on, you know, like there were so many things that 
you know, I'm sure were very exhausting to the players. They, I'm sure they were very drained emotionally. Like, this, are you re referring to Sally Yates' report, of course, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, just also a long season. You know, in the yeah. NWSL and like whatever it may be. Like, they. I mean, it happens. You know, like everyone. No one's perfect. They're definitely. You know, like. I, I mean, I, at least I view these games as like, Hey, it's better to happen now than exactly. later, you know? Yeah. And I feel like it's, um, it's a good wake up call. It's a good wake up call mm -hmm. for, for Vlaco, for the team, you know, just to know that's like, Hey, like we're not necessarily the best team. Every single time that we step on the field, we're not going to be the best team. You know, it's like, we need to improve our tactics. We need to improve, you know, like, mm -hmm. like really, Going in on like what makes the U.S. so good, you know, and mm -hmm. I feel like we have such a tremendous generation of talents, and I mean, I think that it they, they will make a very exciting team to watch, definitely, and um, I can't wait to see them against uh, Germany, and um, yeah, I mean, like same, these all are are great experiences to have before the World Cup, so yes, everybody, don't nice, panic. <laughs> nice, calming. <laughs> speech thanks that's Julie. what i do on the like telecast and people are like oh, why aren't you freaking out i'm like oh, god people it's okay i know i know yeah it's just accept i mean Europe it's, it's easier too. you know it's easier to say things when you're not on the field of course you know like i'm yeah. over here for my couch thinking like oh you know like <laughs> yeah i would have done that or whatever it's like okay like I'm sure to the like other every, person, every person on yeah, Twitter. I'm sure that the player that's in front of 90,000 people and has just run for 80 minutes is yeah. probably not, you know, like thinking of things a different way. So yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. Now, Kat, to the real meat of this podcast the Lynn game. Kat, I wish you luck. And I warn oh, you, I gosh. get a little competitive. Kat, you are about to go head-to-head -head with Julie in a trivia game. There oh, will wow. be five questions, best okay. of five wins. They're all multiple choice. Okay, that helps. Every game has a theme in honor of your name. The theme of this game is all about cats. Uh -huh. so not cats <laughs> as in humans, but named cat. But I or have a new name, cat. But actual gonna cats. go card. You went oh, cat. Wow. Okay, okay. I'm more of a dog person, so if I lose, you know yeah. why. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Julie and I are both dog people too. You're in mm -hmm. good company. So noisemaker time. Jules, what do you have as your noisemaker? My green pig squeaky toy. You wanna and, you wanna squish it just so that uh, we know? <laughs> and cat, what will your kind of uh, impromptu noisemaker be in your hotel room in Qatar. Should I make a cat noise? There <laughs> yes. we go. <laughs> Perfect. All right, here we go. Question one. How many bones do cats have? Oh, is come it... on. Yeah, what? What? Okay. Is, is it A, 230, B, 330, or C, 430? Julie. You could hear it. <laughs> yes, it's so exciting. 230A. Correct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what type of question is that? What? Oh, that I learned at uh, my cat medical school. 
Ah, yes. Okay. Makes sense. Well, <laughs> she was pre-med at yeah. whatever school she went to. I'm just really yeah. smart. The greatest school in the world. I'm so smart. Question not two. Notre, not Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Question two. Cats spend 70% of their lives doing what? Is it A? Oh, cat. I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot, <laughs> I forgot it was multiple choice. <laughs> would you like to give an answer or would you like to hear? Would no, you like no, to go ahead, go ahead, do a mulligan? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, go ahead. Okay. So we have to it... double check that it was working, you know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Here are the options then A, sleeping. B, eating, or C, meowing. 70% of their lives doing what? Do either of you have a... Cat. Cat, cat, cat's in. Oh, you're meowing. giving it to cat. Okay. I'm giving it to cat. Oh, wow. She meowed in. That is too kind. Yeah. I mean, I have um, my thoughts. I'm going to also crush this one. I'm going to say Sleeping. Correct. Yes, darn it! It was sleeping. I knew it. Okay. Oh my gosh. I'm back in. I was it's being really nice there. Instinct. I'm not going to be nice anymore. I know. I'm surprised. I'm surprised, Julie. Question three: <laughs> Which U.S. city had a cat for a mayor for almost twenty years? <laughs> cat for a mayor. <laughs> oh my god. That's was fantastic. it a Talkeetna, Alaska? That sounds very Alaskan, yeah. B, Chagrin <laughs> Falls, Ohio, mm. or C, Winslow, Arizona? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I have my own thoughts on that. But All right. <laughs> Julie. Uh, I'm going to go with Ohio because, Lynn, I feel like you put this in there because you're from Ohio. Incorrect. Oh, Ooh. cat! It's now fifty-fifty for you. Tech, is it Talkeetna, Alaska, or Winslow, Arizona? Okay, let's see. Do I be honest? <laughs> um, <laughs> you cannot GTS it. I feel like some very interesting things are happening in Arizona sometimes. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> agreed. Go with it. Incorrect. Oh, no, I think that was a good one, though. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> okay, I think we're 1-1 one, one going into question four. Okay. A cat named Cream Puff is known as the oldest cat to ever live. How long did Cream Puff live? Was it A, 18 years, B, 28 years, or C, 38 years? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This really takes Ram! this game to a new level. Okay. Cat, cat yeah, reared in. <gasps> I'm going to say 18 years. Incorrect. Okay, so my choices are 28 and 48 or 28 and 38? 28 and 38. Uh, 28. Going 28. Incorrect. Oh, come on. There's no way a cat lived 38 years. What is that? Good old cream puff. Cream puff. Mm, You know, cats are weird. This is the decider. This is the decider. Question five. <laughs> All cats are born with what color eyes? A, blue. A, blue! Correct. Ah! <laughs> no way! <laughs> I don't know why I knew that, but I knew that! Do you know that? Yeah, what? <laughs> 
Is this the one they taught at Stanford back in the day? First win of the season. Untika, 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 uh. Yes. Well, congratulations, Julie. Thank you. You just won Thank the you. cat. Come on. You've, you, I mean, you've had a lot of success in your life. I needed that at this moment. I needed it. Thank you. Most what about you? Questions, cat. I feel like mm. <laughs> most pressing wow. questions. After googling and watching Mayhem video for a very long time, what did you do, and how did you act the first time you met Mayhem? Oh, geez, <laughs> it was at Surf. Actually, it was at Surf, and uh, let's see. Was this in I, high honestly? School? I couldn't. You were still playing in high school when you met her. Ah, uh, maybe it was like in like middle school. It was like when like she was doing like some type of event, like a um, collaboration with like some company, and she ended up coming to surf. And uh -huh. essentially, I'm like, oh my god, I waited. I'm thinking like I waited this whole time, like my whole life, to meet Mia. And classic me. Don't say anything. Just post for the picture. <laughs> I just post for the picture. I'm too shy to say anything. Like, what am I supposed to, like, what am I, how am I just supposed to unload on this woman that I just met? Be like, you essentially inspire me to move to the U.S. Blah, 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 blah. Like, I love you so much, you know, like. So have you ever had that conversation with her? No, but I feel like, I feel like, well, now she'll be able to know like if she if she if she watches you know and listens to laughter permitted then she'll be able to know <laughs> how much i hope she knows how much how much uh she has impacted my life and you know just like how much she has inspired me but um yeah i mean like it would be cool you know to like be able to tell her in person and everything and like not be like super weird about it and uh <laughs> One oh, day, one day. Sure. So. Had I yeah. known that, I would have set that up right here. Um, you oh know, it's interesting, and I bet Lynn will agree with me, that you two are very similar. With your gratitude, yeah, your humbleness, your oh, your whoa. shyness in a sense that, um, <laughs> you know, you don't want to be the spotlight. I've heard that before about you. I mean, everyone talks about just how grounded you are. Like, Mia's all these wonderful attributes as well. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, that's mm. like, yeah, definitely hope that I can, you know, like fill in those great steps and, you know, like just, yeah, I mean, like that, it definitely, uh, it means a lot. Thanks, Julie. Cat, mm. next most pressing, what did it feel like when you became an American citizen? Oh, well, first of all, I was just super glad that I was able to ace my quiz. Um, don't ask me the questions That's anymore. Hard. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel I actually had to do like a little quizlet, you know, like had to do it like for I don't know, maybe two weeks or so just to make sure I had it down. I was like, okay, this is the one test that I I'm gonna ace. But yeah, no, it was oh it was surreal, seriously. It was during COVID, unfortunately. So like I could not could not have my family there or like friends and family there, you know, like for how much it really meant to me and just like you know, kind of do like the little like wave of the flag around and like whatnot. But no, it was like super special. It was something that I've, I had been waiting for so long, truly, truly, truly. And um, it was just, it, it was a normal, I think it was like a Tuesday afternoon or something. But like, just the fact that, you know, in like such a, in 30 minutes that, you know, like I was like that uh, US citizen, it just, it was incredible. It was incredible. Aww. Yeah.
Yay. All right. Last thing we do on the podcast, Kat. Okay. It's called high, low cheer. This is something I do around the dinner table with my kids. They're high of the day. They're low of the day and someone they cheer for. But for you, mm-hmm. it's going to be high of your career, low of your career, and your cheer is for someone who's helped you along the way. And we'll start with your high. High of my career. Mm. This one's hard to pick. Um, I'd say I'd say this far has been winning the Champions League. Mm. Yeah. I mean, first one, hopefully first of many. And um, I just feel like it was that one because I actually felt like I had a very big uh, influence on the team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was very special not only to score, you know, like during the final, though it was a bit of a sus goal, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> was it? <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. That goes, you know, like into the archives. But um, yeah, it was um, it was very special. Um, it was, I'd say, like um, it was a big, you know, like ending to a very very important season. Not only mm-hmm. myself, like individually, but like collectively as well. I think we had a lot to prove, and the fact that we were able to do that, it was just incredible. Yeah, and but in against Barcelona too. Yeah, I was which, gonna say yeah. against a very good Barcelona team that everyone exactly. thought was gonna run away with it, and all of a sudden it was three nil at halftime, and they were like, "I know, Wait, what? I know, <laughs> no, yeah, not so fast." Um, mm-hmm. All right, and your low, my low. Hmm, I'd say like when I when I first. When I first um, turned pro, it was a very um, difficult transition, to be honest, um, just because, you know, it's off, of course, it's like I'm coming from college and going to the professional game and not just that, but I'm going to the best team in the world, you know, right. and playing like you such world-class players every single day that, you know, it kind of just made me... I'd say like doubt myself a little bit, you know, in the sense that it's like, mm. oh, like, you know, like I'm not so good anymore, you know, which is like, of course, it's like, that's what I, that's how you thrive. And that's how, you know, that's how you push to the next level. But um, it was just like a, a weird period, you know, like we had just come from COVID um, and, you know, like the country, like in France, at least like it was still like pretty shut down and right. um, it wasn't like, I didn't feel my best like off the fields and, you know, like with that, I didn't really feel my best on the fields just because, you know, I really had to figure out like, um, I guess like the pattern and the hat, the, the right habits that I wanted to make in order to, you know, like be my best self again. And, um, you know, like just had to get fitter and, you know, just like a lot of, a lot of different things. And I kind of like, lost sense of myself you know like of like you know like how I really like to dribble and like have that creativity and things like that and um as like wonderful as it is to be like you know like with new players it's definitely it's definitely a bit um intimidating I guess like initially and so um I'd say like the first six months definitely took some time of of um took a toll at least like a little bit like mentally and physically for myself to get Mm. adapted to, to the game. And that's why actually this whole season was like super special for me because I, I was able to like, you know, like finally get going again and feel like myself. Yeah. 
second in goal scored in the entire league at 14 and third in all of Champions League. I'd say you got that one. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, it's always like, how it you do like, it. Yeah. No, it's, it's honestly, yeah, I don't even know how. I don't know, Julie. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it was it was cool. It was it's very special. Yeah, I have some very good teammates around me that that were able to set me up and everything. And um, yeah, it was it was very special for sure. That was very Mia esque again. Special <laughs> teammates, you get you credit other people. All right, finally, your cheer. Who who you're most grateful for? Who's helped you along the way? Oh, this is too hard. I can't just pick one person. Oh, that's yeah. like, well, of course, when you know, like how we were talking, um, I'd say Eliani. You know, like who was the person that you know, right. like. <clears throat> You kind of came him. across yeah um my family and I like when we were when we were at, at surf um just because she helped us so much in like in terms of moving and in terms mm -hmm. of like getting us situated and literally like welcoming us to to stay with her mm -hmm. it's right. very rare to find and I'm just I'm very thankful for her to this moment I'd say another like big big cheer is definitely Chris LeMay um, he's just someone that, um, I mean, he was my first coach in the U S and he has just played such an important role in my life, even to this day, really, like we still talk all the time and yeah, Yay. no, Chris, Chris is great. Chris and Eliane are two and so many other people, honestly, I could list, I could have, yeah. I have such a big list of people that I'm just in incredibly thankful for, but I feel like those two, like from the very beginning have just been uh, with me like through it all. So I'm just very thankful for them. Well, I know what a lot of listeners are thinking when they hear you talk is we're very thankful that you actually decided to choose the United <laughs> States of America. I can remember that conversation at Stanford when I was covering you guys at a college cup and I was like, I know Brazil's been calling what's going on. And you're like, oh, no, I'm going to USA all the way. I was like, really? You were oh like, my yeah, gosh. no, I'm not choosing Brazil. I'm going USA. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's, again, I'm just very thankful, you know, to be able to, to represent the U.S. and, you know, that you welcome me with such open arms. So it is, uh, it was, a uh, it was an easy choice at the end of the day. I one cannot wait to see Kat back in the red, white, and blue. Ah, so I'm glad to hear that her ACL recovery is going well. Uh, Lynn, I will kick off takeaways. How about that? Sounds good. I think the thing that struck me the most with Kat was, you mentioned it in the pod, her gratitude. And for me, it was her perspective. Because... To be fully committed to this dream, yet at the same time, not being overly committed and end up gripping and strangling that dream to death, which we all know is a very hard balance. And I can't even imagine what a hard balance that is to strike when your family has basically picked up and moved from Brazil without mom to the United States to make that dream happen. Mm -hmm. And she has a calmness and perspective to her. Kat does that was so impressive. Speaking of perspective, I wrote down something Kat said in my notebook while the interview was going on, which was, 
always positive things in unexpected situations. I love that line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Questions permitted. Yes. This question comes from at Jordan Malam. I might be pronouncing that last name incorrectly. Apologies if I did, Jordan. The question is, Foudy, what's your favorite goal you ever scored? Oh. Wow. We're having to dig deep here. <laughs> Doesn't immediately come God. to mind. I can't. Uh. You know what? It does come to mind. We're not even going to go to the national team. We're going back to, I can't remember what year I was at Stanford, but we'll give it, we'll give a Stanford goal because in honor of Kat. I mean, we just cannot have enough Stanford references on this podcast or episode. Just to, just to bring another one in there. It was a Stanford goal. And I, it's so weird. I was just thinking about this goal the other day. I don't know why I was thinking about Hmm. this goal. Something must've triggered it. On TV, I was watching a game or something. But I remember distinctly, I was on the inline, and there was a defender faced up for me on the inline. I manged her, boom, <laughs> dropped the mic on that. <laughs> then I'm still on the inline. And so, you know, my angle on goal is terrible. But I look up, and there's no one I can slot it to, cross it to. Mm-hmm. And so on purpose, this never happens, and thank God it was on my right foot, on purpose with the outside of my right I whipped it in, bent it in, upper corner from the inline after a meg. I should have retired after that. (laughs) (laughs) Mind you, had that happened now, I would have just ran off the field into the locker room and said, I'm done. You know, the the song that's playing in my head is like, what's it? Glory days? Glory days. (laughs) (laughs) Glory days. (laughs) I know that song. <laughs> I do know that song. Um, okay, so that since that was a question for me, I have a question for you, Lynn. Update on the Aura Ring based on your discussion last week with Jenny Levy. Yes. Jenny gave the idea of checking the Aura Ring information at the end of the day. And I did that for... I said I would do it, and I did. I did it for exactly one day. <laughs> <laughs> found i did not take it did not like it at all i knew it i knew it (laughs) i knew it i'm like that shit's gonna last one day with lynn and she'll be like i need to know how many hours i slept it's really (laughs) i knew it you didn't know anything. I did. I was like, she's not going to do it. I thought, I didn't even think you'd give it a day. You were like, yeah, I'll try it. <laughs> so the thing I look at, Julie, is the deep sleep reading. I really like the deep sleep reading. Uh, uh, no, then it gets in your head. No. Try it for three days. Oh, Give it three days. Okay, so you're saying look at the reading at the end of the day for three days or don't look at the reading yeah. at all, take the ring off. What do you want me to do? Uh, no, look at it at the end. I won't I won't make you go cold turkey. Okay. I, I would say l- give it three days, look at it at the end of the day um, and see if you could do that for three days and if it has a difference. All right, I already looked at it today. So that means starting tomorrow... I will look at it in the evening. 
And then I'll report back next episode of how that went. Yay. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. Jenny will be very proud of you. Uh, Okay. Thank you, our dope village, for sharing your time with us today. And thank you, as always, to our incredible sponsors, Ally and Dick Sporting Goods, along with Kate Diaz for our amazing theme music that she wrote and composed. And... Big news next week on the pod, we have NBC rock star Rebecca Lowe. I felt like that should have been a let's get ready to rumble. Rebecca is both host of NBC's Premier League coverage and you've probably also seen her as daytime host of the Olympics. Lady Lowe, I like to call her, is joining us on the pod. And here's what I can guarantee with Beck. That woman takes laughing to a new decibel in (laughs) there's gonna be so many good stories we needed the setting we needed the audio setting (laughs) we definitely have it in store all right until next week kids remember as always sing it with us laughter Laughter permitted permitted. hey there dope village give a listen to the cj mccollum show where every week New Orleans Pelican star C.J. McCollum discusses names and storylines in and around the NBA with inside perspective you can only get from someone in the locker room and on the floor. That's the C.J. McCollum Show. Listen where you are listening to this podcast.